Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, only about a 13-minute or so Bible study, but every single day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby keeping us focused on a relationship with God and helping us to grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you always to share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody get into God's Word, come closer to God, grow in their faith, and even end up in heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment today and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study. We're talking about, well, we're talking, we're speaking from a scientific perspective combined with scriptural evidence and documentation. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about the law, the scientific law of cause and effect. We talked about the Big Bang Theory. We kind of laid that out in our introductory lesson in this study. And we talked about how those who do not believe in God, or at least are skeptical or agnostics, or maybe they say, well, I I can believe in God, but I don't believe that God created everything we see around us, the universe and this earth and life on this earth and all of that. I believe that all of that happened through some naturalistic process. And so here is the Big Bang Theory. There was somewhere back in time, and, and sciences determined that there was definitely a beginning to our universe. So somewhere back in time, they say around 13.7 billion years ago, there was something that happened that's unexplainable, basically, and yet they believe in it. Now, real science is based upon facts, reality, that can be demonstrated on an experimental basis, tested, in other words. You can see the results that are obvious and that are supported by evidence. But now, for the Big Bang Theory, there is no such supporting evidence. They've just come up with a theory, a hypothesis. And they said that somewhere back in time, about 13.7 billion years ago, all of a sudden, out of nothing, there sprang into existence this tiny little lump of matter. Now, they say it was infinitesimally small. In other words, you couldn't see it with your human eye. You'd have to have a powerful telescope, or rather a powerful microscope to be able to see it even, if you could see it then. But it was so dense and so hot, all of a sudden, for some reason, it basically exploded and expanded. And all of the planets, all of the stars, all of the moons, everything that we see in the universe, including our Earth, with all of its unique characteristics that support life, all of that came into being from that tiny little lump of matter about 13.7 billion years ago. They don't really know what to call it, so they, they came up with a, with a word, a name, and they, they call it a singularity. Okay, where'd it come from? <laughs> They're open and honest. They said, we don't know. How did it come into existence? Uh, they're equally open and honest. We don't know. Why did it do what, it, what you say it did? Uh, we don't know. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not being facetious here. I'm, I'm not making things up. The, this is from their own writings. Something came out of nothing is what they believe. Spontaneous generation. But you see, spontaneous generation we normally think of as, as being life. All of a sudden, life existed. Spontaneous generation. Well, we know scientifically because of experiments done, that does not happen. Life does not come from nothing. And life does not come from inanimate matter. Now, where did the inanimate, the, that lump, whatever it was, the singularity, as they call it, that's inanimate matter. It's not living. It's just all of a sudden a lump of something. But that doesn't come from, any, from nothing either. We know that. That's the scientific law of cause and effect. Nothing comes from nothing. Something never comes from nothing. But they say it just all of a sudden appeared. Why? They don't know. What it was? They don't know. Why did it do what they said it did? They don't know. We see, if you're already biased against believing in God as the supernatural creator of the universe and everything therein, you got to come up with something. And they would say, this is scientifically, you know, uh, scientific thinking. Scientific thinking does not support something coming from nothing. All of a sudden, just appearing out of nowhere. And there it is. That violates the universally accepted law of cause and effect. And that's universally accepted in the scientific community. Well, what I want us to see is that that law of cause and effect For every effect, whatever happens, there has to have been a cause for it. And that cause has to be greater than the effect to bring that effect about. So here's the bottom line. Either God is or God is not. The scientific law of cause and effect recognizes the truth that for every effect, there has to be a cause. An airplane doesn't just all of a sudden assemble itself out of nothing. It's not all of a sudden just appears. There had to have been the parts there. There had to have been the technology, the understanding, the intelligence that can create all of that system together, put it all together and everything, and then then you've got an airplane. But it doesn't just appear out of nowhere. The law of science exposes the Big Bang Theory to be science fiction. I said that right, science fiction. That's the Big Bang Theory science fiction. And the scientific law of cause and effect points to God as the obvious cause, the only cause that could exist. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible begins, the very first verse of God's word says, in the beginning, God. Now there's the time when, in the beginning, what is the power? God or the source, God. And then the power God created the heavens and the earth. Everything we see around us. Through the rest of that first chapter of Genesis, over and over again, we see God as the creator, actively bringing into being everything we see around us. The sun, the moon, the stars, this earth, giving it shape and substance, and then setting upon it all of the design that we see 
on an everyday basis, commonly, as we look around and experience life in this world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's not the only verse, that's not the only chapter that points to that fact. In Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 5, thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. Well, very direct statement. And again, identifying God as the creator. We look at the 44th chapter of Isaiah and verse 24. And again, the prophet writes, thus says the Lord, your redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. God, the creator, God, the source of creation, the power behind the creation and the design of everything that we see in this world and in the universe. In John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Well, again, God is the source. He is the creator, the creative cause behind the effect of everything that we see in the creation. In Acts chapter 17, God chapter 14, verse 15, again we read, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you, and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God, who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them. God, again, openly and clearly and unashamedly being identified as the creator. In chapter 17, verse 24, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. God, the creator of everything that we see, and even everything that is beyond our ability to be able to see, not just with our naked eyes, but maybe even with the most powerful telescope in existence today. But whatever is there, God is the creator of it, the designer of it. Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 15, he is the image and invisible God of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, speaking of Jesus, God the Son, for by him all things were created. What? All things were created by him. All things that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist." Over and over again, we read in the scriptures, God is the cause, the creator of the creation, 
the effect of his being the creator. Now again, you take God out of the picture, without God there is no rational cause to effect the creation of the universe. You have to come up with silly, absurd, unreasonable and irrational suppositions that something came out of nothing. And the scientific law of cause and effect disqualifies that line of thinking as being science fiction. We'll go a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are the creator. You are the designer of all that we see around us. And we give you the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanks. Help people all over the world and in every generation to see this truth. Open their eyes and their hearts, we pray. Please, Father, forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.